0: Welcome to nine sunday School, everyone. We're going to get started as soon as this worship song ends. Oh, the Enjoy. Years,
1: a heart full of love One with compassion Just like yours above One that overcomes evil goodness and love I like it never happened Never holding across. One a heart that forgives, and lives and lets live. One that keeps loving over and over again. One that men can't offend because your word is fair. One that loves without price like you, Lord Jesus Christ. One a heart that loves everybody, even my enemy. Wanna love like you, be like you, just like you did. I wanna heart that for wanna heart that forgives when the ones that are closest, that I Still wanna love them just like you love me, even though I'm hurting. I wanna hold love and give when the pain is so deep. It's so hard to speak. I'm to anyone, just like your son. I you give. Up I hatred inside, I want a heart that loves every even my enemies, I want to love like you, be like you, just like you did, I want to walk like it's like, you, just like you did, I want to be like you, live like you, just like you did. Cause the heart that forgives is the heart that will live. Totally free from the pain of the past. And the heart that lets go is the heart that will know so much freedom. Lord, I want to let What to do to get rid of it, but here I am, Lord Jesus. Here I am, oh, here I am, Lord Jesus. Oh Lord, I need you, I need you, I know this is me that you're talking to. This is me, this is me, this is me, Lord, this is me. Lord, Now. 'Cause I don't uh. want it.
0: and grace welcome everyone to nun sunday school that is uh, a song entitled a heart that forgives by kevin lavar i do not own the rights to that music Um, i pray it bless you it's very befitting for what we are going to be teaching on tonight i'm just getting my audio set real quick um for those of you who are listening or streaming live from my website As always, it's perfectly fine if you just want to listen from the website. Non-Sunday School is an interactive Bible study. So if you want to interact with one another or if you want to uh, be able to ask questions once the lesson is done or give feedback once the lesson is done, you will need to be on the Podbean app. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-E in Um, so if you want to interact with me go ahead and jump on the Podbean app and I'm under House of Elohim International Ministries on the Podbean app also on Podbean you can interact with one another as well so um, you know as others come into the room Um, so my apologies that we were about three minutes late getting started I had some tech glitches with the app so thankfully um, I was able to get on just fine So we're going to go ahead and get started with prayer and then we're going to jump into the lesson. Um, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for the time off that we've had just to be restored and refreshed, Father, in our soul and in our spirit, just spending that time consecrating with you, Father. So thank you for that time of refreshing. Thank you for bringing us back together, Father, for we'll always be students of your word. We'll never stop learning and we'll never stop teaching others, Father, as we learn. So thank you for blessing us to come back together on tonight to study your word, to go over your word, Holy Spirit, I submit to you. I yield to you. I thank you for the subject on tonight. I pray, Holy Spirit, that your anointing will rest on every word and that you will help every person, Father, that may be struggling with the words that they hear in this message or that may be struggling with forgiving, Father, or struggling with letting some things go that they need to let go of, Father, in order to walk in the fullness of what you have for their lives. So Holy Spirit, we know that it's only possible through you. So help them on tonight, convict them on tonight, and give them the strength to let go. And then go in and heal them, Holy Spirit, like only you can. So we surrender this room to you. We surrender this atmosphere to you on the live, as well as those who be blessed by the replay. In the name of Jesus, we call it done. Amen. So again, blessings to everyone joining on the live, as well as the replay. Welcome. Hi, Sister Arlene. Welcome. I see you came into the studio. Blessings. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Hope you got some refreshing while we were away. I know I did. <laughs> I really did, but I'm glad to be back. Um, so welcome to Non-Sunday School. Um, so on tonight... Um, Holy Spirit put it on my heart to talk about forgiveness. And I'm actually kind of surprised that I haven't taught on this um, just yet. I know I've, I've spoken a lot about forgiveness, but I don't think I've actually done a lesson. As I was going back through the lessons that we've done, I don't think I've actually done a full-fledged lesson on forgiveness, such as the one that we're doing on tonight. And I honestly believe the Holy Spirit is going to turn this into a series probably um, call, gonna call it um, the ABCs of prayer. Um, the ABCs of prayer and tonight will be lesson one in that series and it's talking about forgiveness. Lessons on forgiveness. So the ABCs of prayer, lessons on forgiveness. All right so on tonight we're gonna be talking about what forgiveness is, what it isn't, and why it's so important that we operate in it. So we all need to be operating in forgiveness. Um, As you all know, on Non-Sunday School, we go through a lot of scripture. So make sure you have your Bibles. If you don't have your Bible, you can go to BibleGateway.com, pull up a free one online. Um, I usually read from the King James Version or the NASB Version um, of the Bible. So um, feel free to follow along with me. And you know, if you just want to listen and uh, take notes and stuff later, feel free to do that as well because the replay for non Sunday school is always going to be up on my website, which is faizaimani.com. All right, so let's jump into this series, The ABCs of Prayer. And this is lesson number one, Lessons on Forgiveness. Because how many of you know, in order for us to pray, This is just foundation. I'm calling it ABC, the ABCs of prayer, because it seems basic and it seems elementary, but you will be surprised at how many people in the body of Christ actually struggle with this basic thing called forgiveness. But we have to get this basic thing right in order to have a successful prayer life, because when we're holding unforgiveness in our heart, God will not even hear our prayers. So when we're holding unforgiveness in our heart, We can pray all day, and those prayers will not make it past the ceiling because God is not hearing us until we forgive others. So, this is a very important lesson on tonight. I know many of you on the live, probably on the replay, you may already know these things. Um, If you do, kudos. Um, If you don't, uh, just maybe it'll help you uh, teach this to others in a way that they understand forgiveness. And if you don't know these things, then Thank God for Holy Spirit revealing these things to you on tonight. Because when he reveals something like this, it's because he's trying to take you higher. So anytime God to send a word, he sends a word for a reason. He never sends a word to you uh, for nothing. So he's giving you this word for a reason. So the Bible has a lot to say about forgiveness. And Jesus gave us living examples of how to forgive. So Jesus is our blueprint. And we follow the blueprint. So we forgive like Jesus forgives. Um, some may say, but Faiza, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what this person did to me. Um, you don't know what they did to my family. Um, you don't know what they did to my child. You don't know what they did to my spouse. Or you don't know what my spouse did to me. You don't know what my ex did to me. All right. So to respond to that, I would say you are absolutely right. I don't know what they did to you. I don't know what they did to your family, but whatever it was, I know that it wasn't worse than what they did to Jesus. So remember, Jesus is our blueprint. So whatever they did, whatever happened, it wasn't worse than what they did to Jesus. And it wasn't worse than what they did to God's family who was Jesus, his son. It wasn't worse than what they did to God's son on the cross. And if Jesus and God forgave them for all they did, then who are we not to forgive anybody for what they did to us? All right. So to bring it closer to home, if God forgives us for all that we have done, who are we not to forgive others for what they've done to us? no matter how bad it hurt. And I'm I'm being sensitive tonight because I know there are a lot of people who have went through some horrible things, myself included. I've been through a lot of things. And as Holy Spirit leads, I I believe I'm probably going to be very candid tonight about some of the things that I have gone through. So I can relate to you when you're saying it's hard to forgive. Trust me, I understand. Trust me, I understand. Trust me, I've been there. All right. But if we don't forgive others, God does not forgive us. If God does not forgive us, it, you know what? I forgot to do an audio check. Sister Arlene, uh, let me know in the, uh, let me know real quick if you can hear me um, before I continue on. I want to make sure my audio, you, 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 yes. (laughs) I saw U, E, S. (laughs) Okay. All right. I got you. Thank you for that. Alright, so if we don't forgive others, God does not forgive us. If God does not forgive us, it means we are separated from Him. Alright, so if God doesn't forgive us, we're separated from Him. Because that's the whole reason that God sent Jesus was for Him to reconcile us back to God. So Jesus's blood covers our sins so that we're reconciled back to God and not separated from God. But if we choose not to forgive, that puts us back over in a state of sin, which means we are choosing to separate ourselves from God. So if God does not forgive us, it means we're separated from him. If we die separated from him, unfortunately, hell is our portion. And the devil knows this. That's God's law. Okay, you're not once saved, always saved. I've taught on that. That that replay, if you need to hear it, is still up on my website. The demonic doctrine of once saved, always saved. So you can't just come to Jesus, confess his blood, confess him as your Lord and Savior at 10 years old, 15 years old, 20 years old, and after you do that, You're still holding on to grudges and resentment and bitterness towards everybody that's ever done anything to you or anybody that does something to you. So if you confess Jesus, but then you never forgive anybody, then you're you're choosing to not be forgiven yourself. And if you're not forgiven, again, hell is your portion. So you're not once saved, always saved. You got to always be forgiving people. Okay, so once you come to God through Jesus, you have to stay connected to God through Jesus. If you're walking in unforgiveness, you're not staying connected to God through Jesus. So let's change that. Let's fix this. Let's fix it today let's fix it tonight. I did another lesson, kind of like all of these lessons that I'm teaching kind of tie into one another because that, that lesson on the demonic doctrine of once saved, always saved, that kind of ties into what I'm saying. Also, the message that I did about um, this thing called grace, what it is, what it isn't, that ties into this message on tonight because God gives us that grace to forgive the person, right? Because we have that extra grace, but if we die in that grace, period expires and we're still holding unforgiveness, we, uh, we die and we had unforgiveness in our hearts, then that unforgiveness keeps us separated from God. So make sure grace does not run out and you're still holding on to unforgiveness towards somebody. And I'll explain that further in just a moment. All right. So the first thing you must understand and for those of you who are just joining on my website or in the app, I can't see you right now because I'm looking at my notes. But if you're just joining in, we're starting a new series on tonight called the ABCs of prayer. And this first lesson that we're doing on tonight is lessons on forgiveness. Again, you cannot have a prayer life if you're holding unforgiveness in your heart because prayer is talking to God. And we have unforgiveness in your heart. You cannot talk to God because God does not hear you. All right, so the first thing you must understand is that forgiveness is a spirit. Forgiveness is a spirit. Unforgiveness is a spirit. All right, it's not just a feeling. It's a spirit. All right, forgiveness is controlled by Holy Spirit, which is God's spirit. Unforgiveness is controlled by a demonic spirit, a.k.a. the devil. So God desires that we walk in forgiveness. The devil desires that we walk in unforgiveness. God desires that we walk in forgiveness because it is his law that in order for us to be forgiven by him, we must first forgive others. The devil desires that we walk in unforgiveness for that very same reason, because of God's law. The adversary knows that if we don't forgive others, we remain separated from God. That's law. That's law. That's the Bible. So the devil does everything he can to try to make us walk in unforgiveness and offense. He does. I mean, he starts even when you're little. When you're a child, he starts at you when you're a child. Just to try to make you just hold unforgiveness in your heart for something that happened 30 years ago. And you're still holding on to it. All right, so let's let's start going through some scriptures. So Mark chapter eleven, verse twenty four through thirty six, and this is Jesus uh, teaching the disciples, and he says, "Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have ought against any." So basically, if you have unforgiveness in your heart against anybody, when you stand praying, you need to forgive that person. If you have ought against anybody, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. So that's Jesus right there teaching the disciples that if you don't forgive the father is not going to forgive you so you have to forgive when you're praying forgive first Because, like I said, if you don't forgive first, then you may as well save your breath because your words are not making it past the ceiling. If you have unforgiveness in your heart and you know you ain't let that stuff go, and you need a prayer to get through, you need to tap somebody that you know is living holy, don't have unforgiveness in their heart and get them to stand in the gap and intercede for you to make sure that their prayer reaches heaven. Because if God will not hear you when you're holding unforgiveness, then when you really need a prayer to get through. It's not going to get through unless you've got somebody who can touch God, who doesn't have that stuff in their heart. Okay. It's just what it is. All right. So moving on. So one of the biggest things, one of the biggest things the body of Christ needs to grasp is Ephesians chapter six, verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 it says but we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places and why do I say that's one of the biggest things that the body of Christ needs to grasp I say it because I hear a lot of people all the time whether it's On social media, or whether it's in real life, family members, whoever, it doesn't matter. And they're telling them, talking about things that have happened in their lives, maybe things that happened recently, maybe things that happened on their job, maybe things that happened in a relationship, church hurt, whatever it is. But they always explain it as if it's the person that did it. Girl, can you believe what they did to me? My boss did this to me. They said this to me. They're acting up on my job. They're treating me so crazy on the job. My neighbors are doing this. They did this. Blah, blah, blah. But what they're failing to remember is Ephesians 6.12. The devil is basically throwing rocks at them. through through the the individuals that's doing the things to them but he's throwing the rock and he's hiding his hand so that he can keep us focused on flesh and blood so that he can keep us focused on the person in the physical realm that's doing it the human being that he did it through because he knows that if he can keep us locked into where we're wrestling against flesh and blood we're wrestling against people and not paying attention to the spirit realm the devil knows that he got you Because he got you living on a lower level. He's operating in the spirit and you're operating in the flesh. And the spirit is going to win every time. Whoever is operating in the spirit has the authority. So you have to operate in the spirit. You will run yourself crazy trying to look at everything that everybody is doing to you. And looking at it from a flesh and blood perspective. You have to operate on the spiritual perspective plane we are spiritual beings having a natural experience not the other way around so the spirit realm is more real than the natural realm you're down here and you're living in this earth because god dropped you here for a purpose but this is not who you are you're just like a pilgrim passing through but you really live in the spirit realm you are a spirit being all right So, like I said, one of the biggest things that we as believers have to get, we have to get that this is the ABCs of prayer, lessons on forgiveness. The basic is that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, human beings, but we're wrestling against spirits. And those spirits are in order of rank principalities power if you can't handle principalities you're definitely not going to be able to handle spiritual wickedness in high places there's a scripture in the Bible um, I believe it says if you if you can't run with the horsemen, I can't remember the exact exact scripture, but it talks about if you can't run at this level, then how do you think you're going to run on the next level? If you down here on earth struggling with flesh and blood, how on earth is God going to use you in your purpose and anoint you to walk in the level that he's calling you to walk on when you can't even you you can't even handle the flesh and blood that's acting up and doing stuff. You got to you got to be spiritual. Forgiveness is a spiritual thing. The attacks that happen to you is a spiritual thing. All right. So in the in the Why Are You Here series um, that I did, I taught a lesson on being heavenly minded. So you can be earthly good. So in that lesson, I talked about the third heaven. I'm not going to break all that down tonight. But if you want to get what I'm saying about being in this earth, being a natural human being, but really operating in the spirit realm, you need to go back and listen to that message. It's on my website. Why are you here? Series. You can be how to be heavenly minded so you can be earthly good. But in that lesson, I talk about the third heaven, the second heaven and the first heaven and how we are to rule from the third heaven, the third heaven. That's where God is. That's where God sits. The third heaven. That's where Jesus is seated on the right hand of the father. So we are to rule from the third heaven. We're seated with him in heavenly places. So we're seated right in the third heaven with him. We're to rule from the spirit realm. And of course, Satan is the second heaven that's beneath the third heaven. And then beneath the third heaven, you have the first heaven, which is the earth realm. So we are to rule from the spirit realm. When we try to rule from the earthly realm or from our flesh, it puts the devil above us because again, he operates from the second heaven, which is above the earth. So again, if you missed that lesson, go back and listen to it. I'm not going over that tonight. But you got to be in the spirit. You got to operate from a third heaven perspective, not from an earthly fleshly perspective. Let's go to Colossians chapter three, verses one through four. It says, I'm gonna give you time to get there. Sometimes I forget. You got to look up the scripture. Um, Colossians chapter three, verses one through four. It says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So that's again, it's telling you how to be spiritual. Don't be earthly minded. You gotta set your mind, set your spirit, all of that. You gotta set your affection on things that are above in the third heaven, not the earth. Verse three, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 goes on to say, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Alright, so that's the Apostle Paul speaking to the Colossians. Colossian church and he's telling them look you got to forgive people if you got anything against anybody the same way that you expect in Jesus Christ to forgive you you also got to do that and extend that same grace and that same forgiveness to others all right so in order to forgive others we have to get out of our flesh and get into the spirit or better yet let God's spirit get into us because some of us We think we're in the spirit and we're really not in the spirit. So instead of us getting in the spirit, let God's spirit get into us and consume us, overtake us from the inside out. We have to have his spirit. So how do you get into the spirit and get out of your flesh? Since I'm telling you to get into the spirit, how do you get into the spirit and get out of your flesh? You do it by number one, reading the word of God you got to read the Word of God. The Word of God transforms you. It renews your mind. So you do it by reading the Word of God and also asking Holy Spirit to activate the Word of God in your life by baptizing you with fire to purify your character, your heart, your spirit from any unclean spirits trying to live inside of you, including, like I said, the spirit of unforgiveness because it's not an emotion. It's a spirit. So like I said, the word of God transform you. The word of God renews your mind. So once Holy Spirit takes over you and consumes you, then you daily submit the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides you in the word of God and convicts you and the part that people don't like corrects you. A lot of people don't like correction. Those like me, like really trying to grow in God and come up, you know, not be stagnant, not be status quo, have a stagnant relationship with God. People like me, we love correction because correction means that God is elevating you and he's getting things out of you that you you can't take on that next level that you're going to. So you look forward to correction. You don't think it's a bad thing. You look forward to it and you look for Holy Spirit helping you to make the correction, helping you to make that adjustment. So you daily submit to Holy Spirit as he leads and guides you in the word of God, convicts you and corrects you. Holy Spirit will be that still small voice saying, forgive them for they know not what they do. He'll be that voice when your co-worker acting up. He'll be that voice when your spouse is acting up. He'll be that voice when whoever it is is acting up and you think it's them, the person in the flesh, Holy Spirit will say, forgive them for they know not what they do. Those were the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. While he was being crucified on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The reason Jesus could say those words on the cross is because Holy Spirit helped him to say those words. And we talked uh, when we were doing the last series that we did. We talked about Holy Spirit, His role, His position in the Godhead, and we talked about how Holy Spirit was Jesus's power when Jesus was in the earth. So Holy Spirit helped Jesus to say those words because Jesus was fully man. While he was walking the earth. So in his fully man state. There's no way that he could say. Father forgive them. For they know not what they do. Without Holy Spirit helping his flesh. To utter those words. So Holy Spirit helped Jesus. To say those words. If Jesus had died with unforgiveness in his heart. He would have died. Being an imperfect sacrifice. That would have been, uh, I'm sorry, he would have died being an imperfect sacrifice that would not have been acceptable to God for the remission of mankind's sins. All right. So I personally, this is not in the Bible, but I personally believe that the reason Jesus spoke out verbally saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I believe it's because sometimes you have to speak out verbally to reject any incoming thoughts that contradict the word of God. When somebody's done you wrong, if you don't verbally forgive them, sometimes those thoughts will come inside of your mind and your heart and they'll fester. So I personally believe that the reason Jesus verbally spoke those words out of his mouth was because he had to let the devil know. Look, I know. I'm I'm the perfect sacrifice. I know they're trying to uh, make me drink vinegar. I know they're putting the crowns of thorns on my head. I know they're casting lots for my robe. They're doing all these things to me that would try to get me into offense so that I wouldn't be the perfect sacrifice. But no, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'm the perfect sacrifice. The devil is not going to mess this up. The devil is not going to mess up my purpose and my calling by making me be unforgiving towards whoever it is that's doing these things to me. So it's very important. A lot of times when you're trying to forgive people, you will say it in your mind. You will say it without opening up your mouth. Do like Jesus did. Open up your mouth so the devil can hear it. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Don't let that stuff fester. Fester by definition means to become septic, to become rotten, to be offensive to the senses, to become worse or more intense, especially through long-term neglect or indifference. It means to cause increasing poisoning, irritation, or bitterness. It means to exist in a state of progressive deterioration. So when you let those things fester, when you let unforgiveness fester, it causes your spirit to become septic. It it causes you to go into a progressive state of deterioration spiritually because one, your prayers are not getting heard because remember, you can't talk to God when you're holding unforgiveness in your heart. The only thing you can say to God when you're holding unforgiveness in your heart is, Father, help me to forgive him. Other than that, God is not hearing your prayers. He'll help you to forgive them, but you got to forgive them. All right? So do not let those things fester. Verbally say out of your mouth, I forgive them. Don't just write it on paper. Open up your mouth and say, I forgive them. Whoever the person was that did whatever they did to you, call out their names and say, Father, I forgive them. Does not mean you have to go to that person to say it you don't always have to go to the person you can release it in your heart and say father i forgive them tell god you forgive them and then if god creates an opportunity for you to say it to that person face to face so be it but that doesn't always have to be the case all right so forgiving them does not mean you have to let them back into your life and all of that and i'm going to get into that in just a minute but make sure you say out of your mouth that you forgive that person so that those the words and what they did doesn't fester in your spirit, all right? So moving on, let's go to Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 18. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world... Against spiritual wickedness in high places. We just went over that. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all taking the shield of faith. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So, in order for you to stand against The attacks that the enemy does through other people, you have to put that armor on every single day. Strap it on. When you get up out of the bed in the morning, the same way you brush your teeth, take your shower, put on your clothes, put on your shoes, all of those things. Putting on God's armor needs to be a part of your morning routine every day. Because I promise you, if you go out without it, the devil going to throw them fiery darts of offense and all these other things to try to get that offense and unforgiveness in your heart. And if you don't have on that armor, he's going to be able to get through. So put those things on. If you, When you got on the armor, whatever he sends, it'll ricochet off of the armor and it'll go back to the enemy. It'll go back to the devil. It'll go back to the pits of hell in the name of Jesus. So make sure you put that armor on all day. And then that last verse, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Make sure you got your heavenly prayer language. Make sure you're praying in the Spirit. When you're praying in the Spirit, um, Holy Spirit, basically He's speaking mysteries. He's releasing things in the atmosphere. When you're speaking things in the Spirit, Holy Spirit is already preparing your spirit for what's going to happen that day. He's already preparing you for the person that the enemy got down the road that's going to shoot an arrow of offense towards you holy spirit has already prepared you because you've been praying in the spirit so when that arrow comes your way it doesn't bother you it doesn't penetrate your armor you're ready you're prepared so make sure you pray in the spirit the bible has a lot of scriptures on forgiving others. And again, for those of you who are just joining, we're in a new series on tonight. We're talking about the ABCs of prayer. That's the name of the series. This is lesson one is lessons on forgiveness. All right. The Bible has a lot of scriptures on forgiveness, it has a lot of scriptures on forgiving others. So let's take a look at a few more. Let's look at Luke chapter six, verses 22 through 49. Again, this is Luke chapter six, verses twenty-two through forty-nine, and this is Jesus teaching the multitudes, and it says, "Blessed are ye when men shall hate you." And when and remember, Jesus is our blueprint. So whatever Jesus says, and however Jesus did it, that's how we do it. That's that's what we are to do. He is the way, not a way. He's the way. All right. So verse twenty-two: "Blessed are ye when men shall hate you." And when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy for behold your reward is great in heaven for in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets so when everybody like you that's a problem that's a big problem Because when you really call to being used by God, everybody ain't gonna like you, especially the world. (laughs) When the world likes you, oh, that's a problem. That should let you know right there that you you double dutching, you double dutching in the world, and you double dutching on the kingdom of darkness side instead of the kingdom of light. Because when you operating in darkness, the world gonna love you. When you operating in darkness, the world gonna be your biggest fan. But when you operating in light and you speaking to the world what the Bible says. And you speaking to people what God says and tells you to say the way he said, say it. The world ain't going to like you. But Jesus says that's when you're blessed. He's our blueprint. All right? So, 24. But woe unto you that are rich. For ye have received your consolation. Some people are consoled by money. If all a person has is money, they are broke. If all a person has is money, they are spiritually poor, spiritually bankrupt. Money is nothing. You can be the poorest joker on the planet money-wise and have more anointing and more power than the richest billionaire in the world who don't even have peace while they're sleeping in their bed. Money is nothing. Money is the lowest of lows. So, Jesus says, but woe unto you that are rich, for ye have your consolation. That's your consolation, so be it. Just be honest, be true to yourself. If that's what you want, money instead of God, just own it, say it, and do what you do. All right, but I know that's none of y'all, because we, we, we the fiery ones, we the remnant, we the ones that want God and not the world. But verse 25 says, woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you. And remember, I've said it several times before. A warning will always come before a woe. So Jesus is giving the woes, but the warning is in this lesson. And that is to forgive. Follow the blueprint. Do what Jesus is telling you to do so that you won't get the woe. So that the woe will not hit your life. But verse 26, woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. Oh yeah, everybody going to speak well when you tell them they're going to get $10,000 check in the mail next week, when you tell them they're going to get two cars next year, when you tell them they're going to have 10 houses, they're going to own 10 houses. Uh, Yeah, okay, all right. So God can do all those things, but he can't help you keep your spirit right. He can bless you with millions of dollars, but he can't help you keep your spirit right. That's a false prophet. All right. God is not handing out stuff like that. He's more concerned with your spirit prospering than your hands prospering. Once your spirit prospers, all these other things gonna happen. You got some people out there in the world who even in the kingdom they well professing to be in the kingdom of the body of Christ. They got all the money, they got all the cars, they got all the houses, they got all these things. Designer labels, designer brands. They got all the things and they think they're blessed because they have the things. And God is just sitting back like, that ain't it. The devil ain't got no problem giving you a fake blessing to keep you out of God's will. He'll give you all the money you want. He don't care what is money. Money is nothing. Money is bait. Money is bait for Satan and it's a lot of people in the body of Christ falling for the bait because they going for the money and God is trying to get them over in holiness, but they looking at the money. So forget, the forget holiness. I want the money and they're being deceived by the enemy and that's a warning comes before woe. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure God has sent those people some warnings, but again, they're deceived by the money. Alright, so that's what the false prophets do. The true prophets, they're going to be speaking what God says. They're going to be more concerned about edifying, exhorting, and comforting the body of Christ and prophesying houses, cars, and material possessions. They're more concerned about your heart with God. Like this, you've forgiven people. They're more concerned with stuff like that. Alright, so verse twenty seven, still Jesus speaking, but I say unto you, which ye I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto them that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy cloak also. Give to every man that asketh of thee. And of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. So if they take it, forget it. Like just, these are things that people don't want to hear though, because they want to act up in their flesh. No, if you curse me, I'm going to curse you out. (laughs) If you do this to me, I'm going to do this back to you. All right. They think vengeance is theirs when God said vengeance is mine. If you take something from me, I'm going to take back what you took from me and I'm not going to be happy about it. So, But Jesus is saying, do exactly the opposite. They take it, hey, let them have it. Don't even ask them for it again. Verse 31, and as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? What good is that? It's easy to love somebody that loves you The real test is in loving those that don't love you. That's the test. You say you got faith. A faith that can't be tested. Can't be trusted. So when people come around you. Just doing you wrong. Your faith is being tested. Can you love them? Can you love them despite what they're doing? And not. Not any kind of love. I'm talking about the agape kind of love where no matter what they did to you, no matter how they treated you, no matter what they said to you or took from you, they can't make you love them any less. You love them like God loves you. Still, the B portion of verse 32, it says, for sinners also love those that love them. The world does that. So if you're only loving those that love you, then you just like the world. If you going off on everybody to go off on you, you just like the world. Verse 33, and if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. That's the same thing the world does. You do me good, I'm going to do you good. All right? But we're not the world. We're the kingdom of light. We're the kingdom of God. Verse 34, and if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? So, basically, you lend lend into somebody because you expect to get something back. Or, basically, ulterior motives. Impure intent. Your heart is not pure. You're doing something, but secretly, internally, you're doing it because you're going to want something back from that person. It's got strings attached. That's how the world does it. That's not how Christ followers do it. Alright? Verse 34b portion, it says, For sinners also lend to sinners... To receive as much again, verse thirty-five. But love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the thankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive. And ye shall be forgiven. Again, this is Jesus speaking. Forgive and ye shall be forgiven, or in other words, forgive not and ye shall not be forgiven. If you want to flip that around, but forgive and ye shall be forgiven. Verse thirty-eight: Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men given to your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with them, it shall be measured to you again. That also goes for forgiveness. If you're giving out forgiveness and you're giving it out plenteous, it's going to come back to you plenteous. So if you're being merciful and forgiving not, um, towards others, then that means you're going to reap abundant forgiveness from God because you're not holding anything against anybody else. God is not going to hold anything against you as long as you stay under the blood. All right. So verse 39, it says, And he spake a parable, and he is Jesus, and he spake a parable unto them. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. So... We're Jesus' disciples. The disciples didn't stop in, back in Jesus' day. We are his disciples. Jesus is our master. So the disciple is not above the master. Whatever Jesus had to do as far as forgiving and tolerating stuff from people that did him wrong, who are we to say or ask the question, why are they doing this to me? Why did they say, why did they treat me this way? Who are you not to go through it? Are you greater than Jesus? The answer is no. So if we're not greater than Jesus, we're not above him, whatever he went through, we're subject to go through those very same things and to handle it the way that he handled it. That's the way he, that's the reason he walked this earth. The years that he walked this earth was to show us how to do it as a human being. And I went through that while we was teaching on the Godhead as well. So go back and listen to that. All right, so verse 41. We'll go back to verse 40. The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. You're not going to be out here forgiving people if, you got, if you're an evil tree. Forgiveness doesn't happen by accident. So if you out here living a life where you're forgiving people... And you're not holding on to offense and stuff like that... You are a good tree. You're not a corrupt tree. So you're not going to accidentally be out here forgiving people. It's got to be intentional. So you're intentionally bringing forth good fruit. Verse 44. For every tree is known by his own fruit... For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. If you really want to know what type of person you're dealing with, listen, listen. Don't talk so much. Just listen. Listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Because a good tree cannot produce corrupt fruit. And a corrupt tree cannot produce good fruit. The only thing is when God shows you those things, you can't ignore it. It's called discernment. So whatever he shows you, the true spirit of a person... You got to pay attention to those things. That'll help you identify which relationships you should be connecting yourself with and which ones you shouldn't. That's not judging. It's two types of judging. There's judging condemning and there's judging discerning. The Bible tells us that we are to do the latter. We are to judge discern. So you should always be judging and discerning. Anytime somebody comes into your presence, you should be discerning what type of spirit this is. Because remember, it's a spirit wrapped up in flesh. It's not just a person, you're dealing with spirits. All of us are spirits, all right? And let's go to verse 48. Um, says he is like, no, 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 let's go back. I skipped a verse. Let's back up to verse 45. Um, a good man out of, and and by the way, for some of you who may be listening to non-Sunday school, it may seem like I go on a rant sometimes sometimes. Look, this is Holy Spirit's room. He has total control over my tongue. So sometimes he'll take me in one direction to say some things and then bring me back over to the topic. But the reason he does that is because everybody don't be listening to the, um, the live streams. A lot of people listen to the replays. Um, and some people listen to the live streams, but I don't always have the same audience every week. So sometimes Holy Spirit will have me say some things to a person because they may not ever listen to me again. But that's something that Holy Spirit wanted to say to them right now in this moment. So if it seems like I get sidetracked, I'm not sidetracked. It's just Holy Spirit may not be talking to you, but he's talking to somebody else. And I just yield to him. So whatever he wants to say, I'm always just going to flow and say what he wants to say, even though it may not appeal to the whole room or to whoever's listening. Um, that being said, that was for somebody. So whoever I was talking about, discernment and all that, somebody needed to hear that. All right. So let's go. Um, verse 46. Verse 46. That's where I was. Yeah. No, go back to 45. "'A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like.'" He is like a man which built an house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it for he was founded upon a rock, but he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. So Jesus is telling about the Okay, so that man who built this house on the rock was a wise man. And the rock is symbolic of the word of God as well. So Jesus is saying, you calling me Lord, Lord, but you're not doing what I'm telling you to do. If you call me Lord, Lord, you're going to do what I'm telling you to do, including forgiving others. If you don't forgive others, then surely a storm is going to come and I'm going to get to that in just a minute the bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood the spirit of the lord lifts up a standard against him but when you don't forgive the enemy is gonna come in like a storm because he has a right to because that door of unforgiveness opened up the door for him to bring the storm in But when you're forgiving people, even though the enemy may bring in a storm, it's not going to shake you because you are doing what God told you to do. You are forgiving. You are living a life submitted to God. So I don't care how many storms or winds or whatever the enemy tries to blow your way to destroy you. It's not going to touch you because your foundation, your house is built upon the rock, but When you build your house on the earth, and earth is symbolic of flesh, we're made of earth, we're made of the dust, when we're doing things in our flesh nature, and we're acting out in the flesh, and we're living in our flesh, and we're not living in the spirit and submitted to the spirit of God, when the enemy comes in, which like I said, he's gonna come in, Because you're giving him that door to come in. But when he comes in and sends that storm and your house is built upon your flesh or is built upon the earth, that storm is going to destroy you and the ruin of that house will be great. And that's exactly what the devil wants. He wants you in your flesh. He don't want you in the spirit doing what God is telling you to do. He don't want you in the spirit forgiving others. If you hear God's word saying forgive others and you don't do what he's telling you you'll be like that man which built that house the on the earth instead of upon the rock because like i said whether you build your house upon the rock or upon the earth the flood is gonna come that's satan's job to steal to kill and to destroy he's gonna be on his assignment all the time he don't let up off of it that's his job to bring those floods into your life But if you don't have unforgiveness in your heart, that's one less door or that's one less doorway or access point that those floods can creep through to destroy you. And I say that's one less door because there are other doors such as idolatry and a whole lot of other things that you can do to allow him in. But we're talking about forgiveness on tonight and unforgiveness. So don't let forgiveness or unforgiveness be one of those doors that allows those floods to come into your life. Now, the Bible says, a curse causeless cannot come. A curse causeless cannot come. That's Proverbs chapter 26, verse 2. It says, As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. So, That backs up kind of what I just said about the enemy coming in to try to destroy you with the floods. But if you don't have unforgiveness in your heart, he can't mess with you. He can't touch you. When you have unforgiveness in your heart, people can put witchcraft on you and a whole lot of other things. Whatever they're trying to do to you, it's gonna work. It's gonna work. You ain't got no defense against it because you're holding unforgiveness. There is a cause for that curse to come up on your life because you got that door open through holding unforgiveness. So nothing can hit your life without a reason. No curse can hit your life without a reason. So don't let unforgiveness be one of those reasons the bad stuff start happening in your life. Ephesians chapter four, verses 29 through 32. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. I'm going to do a lesson. I don't know which one when I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do a lesson on idle words because it's a lot of folks out here just saying anything they want to say, not giving any consideration to (laughs) what the Bible says. And they're speaking all these idle words and corrupt communication. There's judgment for that. But the Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. We talked about that. We're talking about the Godhead, Holy Spirit and the Godhead. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So there it is again. If you want to be forgiven, you got to forgive others, just as Christ or God has forgiven you. So when God forgives us, he removes our sins from us as far as the East is from the West. That's the Bible. As far as the east is from the west. And that seems like a long distance, but it's really not. As far as the east is from the west, it's really not. Um, I don't know if some of you have ever seen those houses where like, you're going... From one county into another county. And it's like the front end of the house is in one county. And the back end of the house is in another county. I grew up in one of those little towns. <laughs> so it's like the first. You in the kitchen. You in this, you in Calhoun County. You in the bedroom. You in Chickasaw County. Whatever. Um, or you may be a, on a state line. And it's like the front part of your house. Or the front part of your business is in one state. And the back end. Other half of your business is in another state. So it seems like it's a long distance from the east and the west. But like I said, it's not. It's actually a thin demarcation line that separates the east from the west. And that distance in the spirit is the distance between forgiveness and unforgiveness. So when God removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west, that's not a long way. He removes it from us according to the distance we have in our lives between forgiveness and unforgiveness. The moment you decide to not walk in forgiveness, the east and west is no longer separated in your life. The moment you cross over into forgiveness, the east and the west is separated. So you don't want to be double in that demarcation line. You want to make sure you stay on the side of forgiveness. Every time you walk over into unforgiveness, I heard somebody say once that you can't bring up somebody else's past or things that they did to you without bringing up things that you've done to God or um, basically sins that you've done to God. So anytime you step over that demarcation line and go into unforgiveness about what somebody's done to you, the moment you step over that line, you're bringing up all of your sins as well. So all those things that God had Forgotten? When you step over that line, they're not forgotten anymore because you're choosing for them to not be forgotten. All right. So remember that. Don't double dutch that line. Psalms chapter 103. I mean, Psalms number 103, verse 1 through 18. It says, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Yes. "...who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles." The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever." He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust, as for man his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth: for the wind passeth over it and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more: but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. So that Psalm applies to you if you remember God's commandments to do them. If you keep the covenant, if you don't breach the covenant. And he's telling you to forgive these people. Forgive those that have done you wrong. Alright? When you do those things, then that applies to you. You can claim Psalm 108. 1-18. through 18. Moving on though. So Matthew chapter 5 verse 43 through 48. Again, Matthew chapter 5 verse 43 through 48. And this is Jesus teaching the disciples and the multitudes. And it says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And he did, that's P-R-A-Y, not P-R-E-Y. So you don't pray for those who despitefully use you. You're not trying to get back at them or pray for their downfall or anything like that. You're genuinely, sincerely praying for them. All right, Praying for God to, you know, do great things in their life. To... Do a work in their, to save their soul for his perfect will to go forth in their lives. For them to not die in their sins. So you genuinely pray and you intercede for them, no matter what they've done to you. All right. Verse 45, um, that she may be the children of your father, which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. I like to say it, the rain has no discernment. It's gonna rain on those to do good and it's gonna rain on those who don't do good. But when it rain on those who doing what God say do, I mean the rain ain't gonna flood you out, okay? Verse forty six for if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? Again, the world does that. We're different. Verse 47. And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So you can't use that excuse, Sam, but Faiza, I'm not perfect. No, that's Jesus speaking right there. He's saying, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So when you... Living, when you claim Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, and you following that word as best you can, and when you stumble and fall, you plead the blood of Jesus, you ask for forgiveness under the blood of Jesus, God sees you as perfect. He sees the perfection of His Son. So you can't say... I'm not forgiving because I'm not perfect. No, God expects you to be perfect. He expects you to do what the Word says. And if you have problems doing what the Word says, you ask Holy Spirit to help you do what the Word says. If you still fall short, again, use the blood, but you still ask for that help to do what the Word says. Don't get comfortable not doing what the Word says. We don't do that. All right? We fiery. We're going to stay fiery. Matthew chapter six verses fourteen through fifteen. This is still Jesus teaching the disciples and the multitudes, and it says, "For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you." I really got to drill this in because you got to know that if you don't forgive others, God will not forgive you. You have to forgive others. Your destiny depends on it. All right, your salvation depends on it. Verse fifteen. But he, he forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So how do you know how do you know you've forgiven them? How do you know you've forgiven a person? You know you've forgiven them when you can pray for their soul. And again, that's P R A Y, not P R E Y. So when you can sincerely and genuinely pray for their soul, which is their mind, their will, their emotions, and when you can pray for their soul, you know you've forgiven them. Okay, you know you've forgiven them when you're no longer seeking or desiring revenge. You know you've forgiven them when you no longer bring up what they did to you. Unless it's in a way that glorifies God. Such as like giving your testimony to encourage someone else. But even when giving your testimony, you're not giving it from a place of offense or hurt or bitterness. You're testifying from a healed place and therefore your words heal. So you know you've forgiven them when you open up your mouth and say, I forgive them. Like I said in the beginning... You got to open up your mouth and say, I forgive them. Or those thoughts of unforgiveness will fester in your mind, in your heart, and in your spirit. So you know you've forgiven them when you open up your mouth and say, I forgive them. When you've forgiven them, you don't listen to others who keep bringing up what they did to you. You reject those toxic relationships that keeps trying to lock you into your past by always bringing up another person's trespass or transgression that they committed against you. You don't let those people hang around you. If you bring up something to me one time that somebody did and I tell you, we ain't bringing that up no more. We ain't talking about that no more. And you still keep bringing it up every time you come around me, then no, you got to go. You will get cut off and that relationship will be severed because that's toxic. You're not putting that poison in my spirit. Proverbs chapter 17, verse nine, it says, he that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth the matter separated very friends. So there you have it. If you got somebody to keep coming around you, repeating what somebody else did, even we got the holidays coming up, so for Thanksgiving and stuff like that, you may have family members around and some family members still holding grudges against other family members. And every time somebody get together, there's a big argument because somebody got to bring up what grandma did. Somebody got to bring up what auntie did. Somebody slept with somebody. Hun- Everybody keeps bringing this stuff up. The Bible says whoever does that separated very friends. So don't hang around those people. If you know that's going to be the environment for holiday gatherings, don't even go to the gathering. There's power in the word no. No is a complete sentence. You don't have to give no explanation. For me, my cutoff game is quick. Like I ain't got to give no explanation. When God say walk away, walk away. No explanation needed. As long as God knows why you walk away, it doesn't matter who get offended. So you got to protect your spirit, protect the God that's on your life and don't let that poison, that toxic, those toxic conversations and matters of unforgiveness that other people be talking about. Don't be around that stuff to let it get in your spirit. All right. So forgiving them does not mean you have to allow that person back into your life. It does not mean you have to give them access to you again. So a lot of people feel like, you know, just because you forgive them, you got to let them back in. No, a lot of times forgiveness comes with boundaries. So all it means when you say you forgive somebody, all it means is I forgive you. That's what it means. It means I release what you did to me. I put it up on God's altar and I set you free from the offense that was committed. And I pray for your soul that God will have the same mercy towards you. That's what forgiving is. It doesn't mean you're going to feel like forgiving them. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a choice. So you, you, you don't, you really, in most cases, you're not going to feel like forgiving a person. And that's where the spirit of deception comes in because the spirit of deception, I'm going to call them a strong man of deception because that's the main one that tries to make people feel like it's okay to forgive. But the strong man of deception comes in and makes a person feel like they have to feel like forgiving somebody. And because I don't feel like forgiving them yet, I'm going to wait and I'm going to hold on to what they did to me until I feel like forgiving them that's a strong man of deception sent by the devil why so he can still kill and destroy your purpose and your destiny as long as you keep holding on to the unforgiveness so forgiving them doesn't mean you got to feel like forgiving them you do it because God said forgive them forgiving them does not mean you won't still feel hurt about what happened as a matter of fact Again, that's the reason that many choose not to forgive is because they're still hurting too much to forgive. But the thing about forgiveness is that you have to forgive first and then the healing follows later. That's one of the mysteries about forgiveness. You forgive first and then once you forgive, that opens up the door for Holy Spirit to start being that healing balm to your spirit to go in and heal those wounds. Uh, to heal those wounded places, it happens after you open up your mouth and say, I forgive. So in other words, if you never forgive, if you never open up your mouth and say, I forgive, then you never heal. So forgiveness is basically ripping the band-aid off of a wound so you can heal. If you never rip the band-aid off, you keep that wound covered up, whatever they did to you. And then that messes up your future relationships as well because if you never heal... Because of something that somebody did to you, if somebody else comes along and they trigger that memory about what happened to you, they brush up against that wound that you still got the Band-Aid on. When they brush up against it, you will lash out at them when they had nothing to do with what you've been through. So you're taking out your hurt on them. So you don't want to mess up. And that's why when you come out of relationships, I always recommend that a person don't jump from relationship to relationship. You got people they will be in a relationship or a marriage one year and then get a divorce and then six months later, they're already in a new relationship. No, you need to heal. Go somewhere, sit down and heal. Otherwise, when God bring you your future spouse, you're going to take out on them what the last person did because you never healed. So you need to forgive others. You need to rip that band-aid off and say, I forgive. And then ask Holy Spirit to come in and heal you. All right. So your destiny depends on you forgiving others and keeping your heart clean from unforgiveness. Okay, so show me in the scripture. Show me in the scripture that. Your destiny depends on you forgiving others and keeping your heart clean from unforgiveness. All right. So I've already given you one scripture that says a curse causeless cannot come. So your destiny depends on it, right? If you're holding on to unforgiveness, it gives that devil the open door to come in and wreak havoc on your life. But let's take a look also at this final scripture, which is the parable of the, um, the unforgiving servant. Let me get back to my notes here. Um, Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Again, your destiny depends on you forgiving others. Not just your prayer life, but your destiny. Okay? So Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. And it says, and and this is talking about Jesus and his disciples. Um, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him till seven times. And Jesus saith unto him, "I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is a the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants, and when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. but forasmuch as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat. Y'all just see this happening. (laughs) I like see him taking him by the throat, lifting him up by the throat, his feet hanging in the air. (laughs) Like you really see it. It's a, it's a vision. All right. So anyway, where was I? Where was I? Verse 28. Okay, so, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desiredest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. So again that's the parable of the unforgiving servant. But basically Jesus is saying. If you don't forgive those, well, once God forgives you, if you choose not to forgive others, then my father is not going to forgive you. Not only will he not forgive you, but he's going to turn you over to the tormentor, which is the devil. And it gives a tormentor legal right to come in and torment you, do whatever he wants to do to you, steal, kill, and destroy you. Because that's his job. That's his assignment. Until you choose to shut that door that's allowing him to come in, which is a door of unforgiveness. So again, like I said, your destiny depends on it. When you don't forgive, it opens up your life for the tormentor to come in and torment every of every area of your life and keep you locked up so that you cannot walk in everything that God has put you on this earth to do. All right. So Luke chapter 17, verses one through four. And it says, then said he unto his disciples, then said he unto the disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. So it's going to come. Things are going to happen. People are going to offend you. Let me rephrase that. Not people are going to offend you, but the devil is going to offend you through people. Because remember, he throws the rock and hides his hand. So we don't want to be focused on flesh and blood. We want to be focused on the spirits behind what's causing these people to do these things. But yeah, offenses are going to come. That's the devil's job. Because he's trying to throw you off course and get you locked up. But it says, but woe unto him through whom they come. Somebody had to crucify Jesus. But woe unto those that did it. Somebody had to betray Jesus, but woe unto the one that did it. So things are gonna happen. The devil gotta use people because that's the only way he can get to you, but woe unto the person that does it. You don't gotta pray saying woe unto them that do it, because you're praying that you know somehow God will get the glory out of their lives. But Jesus is saying, Woe unto the one through the who whom the offenses come through. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day and seven times in a day, turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Now. Although that scripture says, forgive those who offend you and ask for forgiveness, you got to also forgive those who don't ask for forgiveness. Get that. You got to forgive those who don't ask for forgiveness. You got to forgive those who aren't even sorry for what they did to you. You got to forgive those who died knowing that what they did to you and they never said, I'm sorry, you got to let it go. You have to let them go in Jesus' name. The calling upon your life is too great for you to hold on to what they did. So those whom you're called to reach, they're depending upon you to let go of what the offender did so you can pick up the mantle that God has for you in the earth and to go forth in his power setting other captives free. Whatever the offense was that happened, let it be confirmation of the greatness that is upon your life. The devil don't break into empty houses. He started trying to kill Jesus. The moment he found out that a king was being born, he was going trying to go through the land, killing all the babies. So the moment you were born, the devil knew God's purpose that was on your life. So he started from the moment you were born, trying to take you out and get you locked out of your purpose and your destiny. And like I said, an easy end Is through unforgiveness. So let the things that people did to you, let that be confirmation that there is greatness upon your life and the devil never wanted you to get to the point where you realize that it was him doing those things to you all along and not the person. In their flesh form. They were just available for him to use. But like Jesus said. Forgive them for they knew not what they did. Whenever the devil is using somebody. That person literally does not know. That what they are doing is wrong. In their rational mind. They think that it's right. Because they're not submitted to God's spirit. They can't discern right from wrong. They need Jesus just like you need Jesus. So you got to pray for them. Father, forgive them. They didn't know what they did. But Father, I choose to let it go. Somehow get the glory out of their lives. Somehow give them a testimony. Somehow deliver them from doing those type of things and then send them back out to minister to others who are still struggling with doing those things. Maybe it was somebody who molested you. Father, forgive them for molesting me. Deliver them from that spirit of perversion and send them back out into the world, Father, to teach other men and... And women, boys, whoever, teach them how not to be uh, fallen to that, uh, uh, being submitted to a spirit of perversion. So you got to pray for them. Let it go. Let that be your confirmation that there's greatness upon your life. The adversary sent the offense to try to keep you from ever achieving that greatness by locking up your destiny through unforgiveness. So again, let it go tonight. You might have to turn your back and weep like Joseph did when he came face to face with his jealous brothers who sold him into slavery. Resulting in him being falsely accused of rape, thrown into prison, and separated from his father and his baby brother all those years. And I'm almost done. I've had to forgive people who did things to me, who they never never apologized for doing those things to me. As a matter of fact, they they mocked and made fun of what they did to me, but I had to let it go. The person who raped me of my virginity, I was raped of my virginity when I was a freshman in college. And then this was somebody, this was someone I was dating. So it was like date rape. But anyway, after he did it, I saw him, um, like the, I didn't see him again after it happened until the next homecoming game. But at the next homecoming game, I'm walking around the campus, just minding my business and I bump into him and he's like, you know what, um, out of the, uh, I can't remember exactly what the words were that he said because I tried to block I blocked out a lot of that stuff, but he was like on the notches on my belt because I guess he was just going around wait, raping girls because like the notches on my belt um, I would give you like a 10 a 10 out of 10 or whatever like basically he was bragging about raping me and I just God wouldn't even let me respond to it. I just walked on past but I had to forgive him for raping me even though he wasn't sorry for raping me. My ex-husband. I had to forgive him for trying to kill me. For alienating me from my daughter. I had to forgive him for everything that he did to me. Even though he wasn't sorry. I had to forgive him for that. My daughter grew up without her mother. Because of that right there. And threatening to kill me if I came to get her. Threatening to kill me. If I got custody of her again, so all of that I had to forgive and let it go. Why? Because of the calling of God that's on my life. If somebody does something to you and you choose not to forgive them, you are giving that person too much power over your destiny and over your life. Church hurt. I've been. Through, I ain't gonna even talk about the church hurt. But the people that hurt you in church, you gotta let it go, even though they never said I'm sorry. You got to forgive them because you cannot let them lock up your destiny and your purpose by holding on to that unforgiveness. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. I remember uh, this was like um, 2012-ish, 2012. Some of you know, I'm also an actress. Um, I do films and stage plays and stuff, but around 2012, 2011, I was in an acting class and in the class, we have Um, As an actor, you have to be real. You have to be very transparent because if you're not real and you're not transparent, then the authenticity that you're trying to bring to a character, you're not going to be able to portray that authenticity in real, you know, in a real way that the audience can feel it because you don't know how to tap into your own emotions and be real with how you feel about certain things. But I remember 2011, 2012, I was in acting class. It was out in California. And the acting coach, he was, you know, it was just basically like a transparency um, activity that we were doing. And in this activity, you know, the coach would say, well, how are you? You know, what happened? What's going on in your life? And you just basically had to be honest, open and transparent and candid on stage in front of everybody. So I remember um, he was asking me some things about my life and. I was talking about things that had happened. I was talking about the rape. I was talking about being alienated from my daughter. It had been like a few years that I hadn't even spoken to her. Now I would get her telephones and stuff and her dad would like throw the phone away. Just a whole lot of crazy stuff to try to get back at me. So anyway, I'm telling uh, the coach and the people in the class about the things that's going on in my life. But all along while I'm saying these things, I'm smiling. And I'm the kind of person, like, it looks like I'm smiling when I'm not really smiling. It's like I just got a permanent smile on my face. <laughs> it's the way God made me. Uh, but anyway, so I'm smiling and he's like, hmm, that's really deep. That's really some deep stuff that you're going through. Um, so wh- why are you smiling? And when he said, why are you smiling? I literally, like, before I could even answer it, in my in my spirit, in my heart, I heard, You're basically not smiling. He said, why are you smiling? But in my heart, I heard you laughing to keep from crying. Because sometimes, you know, you can go through so much in life till you try to numb all that stuff. And it's like you, you never deal with it. You sweep it under the rug. So back in 2011, 2012, I had a whole lot of stuff that I was holding on to, that I really had not forgiven. I was saying that I forgave, but I really hadn't forgiven. So when he said that, I was like, you're laughing to keep from crying. After that class, I went home and I took like an hour. It took me about an hour. I wrote this song. I recorded this song. All in less than an hour. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it for you tonight as we end the room. But um, the the name of the song was Laugh to Keep from Crying. The reason I brought that up is because sometimes I was talking about Joseph and how all the things that he went through. Um, and I was like, sometimes you have to turn your back and weep. I had to go alone and really like rip the bandaid off and get before God and weep about some of the things that happened to me. Sometimes we try to be too strong. We try to act like, oh, it didn't bother me. It didn't hurt. I don't want to talk about it. When deep down inside, you're dying because of all the things that have happened to you. You don't want to talk to nobody about it because for me, I was in ministry. So it's like, who is a ministry leader going to talk to without being judged? Because if I tell people that I'm feeling this way, then they're going to say I'm not Christian because you're not supposed to be feeling that way. That's fake. Everybody needs somebody that they can talk to and be real with. And if you can't, if you don't have that, then you need to get before God and be real and cry that stuff out of your spirit you've heard me say it before tears are a form of intercession that's what I did that night I wept it out and I wept it out through a song which I pray blesses you once I'm done on tonight but sometimes you got to rip that band-aid off say what they did to you get before God see the thing is in the presence of God there's grace and the present, you don't have to get before God and act like what they did to you didn't hurt you. You can get before God and say, David said, I can't remember exactly what psalm it is, but he said, I poured out my complaint before the Lord. And I did a message many, many years ago. It was called, Don't Complain, Complain. In other words, don't complain to people, complain before God. Tell him exactly how you feel because he's God, he can handle it. When you come and you act like nothing ever happened to you and you're numbing everything down, that's when people get to a breaking point because you let that stuff build up and build up and build up until you eventually snap. And I was like at the point of snapping, but I was trying to hold it all in. So if some of you have been through some things and you've just been trying to hold on and be strong and you're just numbing it, You need to just get before God. If you can't figure out the words to say, just cry that stuff out of your system. Release it through tears. Tears, that's one of the ways that deliverance happens. So as you're weeping, you're actually letting those spirits, those unclean spirits out of your spirit. So some of you need to go and have a really, really, really good cry. Okay? But let me go ahead and wrap this up. So let's go to Genesis Chapter 43, verses 27 through 31. Because like I was talking about Joseph, you know, sometimes you got to cry. Genesis 43, 27 through 31. And he asked them of their welfare. And and this is Joseph speaking to his brothers after they had sold him to slavery. And then finally they came, you know, and they're speaking with them after all these years. And Joseph asked them of their welfare and said, is your father well? The old man of whom you spake, is he yet alive? And they answered, Thy servant, our father, is in good health. He is yet alive. And they bowed down their heads and made obeisance. I know I'm mispronouncing that word. Verse 29. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother of whom ye spake unto me? And he said, God be gracious unto thee, my son. And Joseph made haste. For his bowels did yearn upon his brother and he sought where to weep and he entered into his chamber and wept there and he washed his face and went out and refrained himself and said, set on bread. So when his brothers came before him, he may have been numb all these years just trying to block out everything that had happened in his life, separated from his dad all the jealous brothers that sold him into slavery and then being separated from the the brother that they had the same mother. And then for them to come and stand before him like nothing ever happened, all those emotions of what happened to him are now coming back to Joseph to the point where he had to weep. And here's the thing. He didn't let the enemy see him cry. He didn't let the the devil see him cry. He didn't let the brothers see him cry. So sometimes you just got to step aside in your prayer room. You don't let the devil see you cry. When the guy made fun of for raping me, I didn't let him see me cry. But I got before God and I cried and God healed my heart from it. So you get before God and cry. And then you come out of your prayer closet like a lion, ready to take on the world. God will heal you in that prayer closet. Joseph cried several times about what happened to him. In Genesis 44, he played he played with revenge a little bit, you know. But God convicted his heart, and you can see that in Genesis 45, verses one through fifteen. I'm not going to read it all because um, we're kind of like, you know, um, kind of getting kind of late in the hour. But read that. Read that. Genesis 45, verses one through fifteen. Um. And then lastly, Genesis chapter 50, verses 17 through 21. I'm going to read that one. And this is still him talking to his brothers and all of that. So Genesis chapter 50, verses 17 through 21. It says, so shall ye say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. So basically, Joseph is saying, you did all this because you were jealous. You did all this because you intended to harm me. You meant it for evil. But because God created me with a purpose and he knew that this was going to lead me into the destiny that he had for me, God allowed it to happen. So I can't be mad at you for what you did to me because this was all orchestrated by God so that I could save your life. Some of you can go back and listen to the lesson that I did on um, the other side of the storm, discovering your purpose on the other side of the storm, the other side of through. And it talks about how God doesn't allow anything to happen in your life unless it has something to do with your purpose. The devil can't touch you unless God allows it. And if God allows it, it's because it has something to do with your purpose. But the thing is, Those people that the devil used to try to steal, kill, and destroy you and hurt you or hurt your family. You can't stay locked up there because if you stay locked up there in unforgiveness, then the thing that God allowed it for, not caused it, but allowed it for, which has to do with your destiny, you'll never reach that destiny because you're still locked in the place that it happened. So God is trying to get you out of that place where it happened and elevate you into your destiny, elevate you into your purpose. But in order for that to happen, you have to forgive. And that's all I have on tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and open up the room. Um, If any of you have any comments, um, feedback or questions about anything you heard on tonight, Go ahead and uh, post those questions in the chat. If you're on my website and you got questions, you can jump real quick over onto the Podbean app and ask your questions. Um, I'll give you about 60 seconds. If you don't have any questions, we'll go ahead and close out with prayer. So I'm gonna give you about 60 seconds. I'm gonna mute my mic real quick so I can set my music because I really wanna play this song for y'all that I wrote um, about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Thank you, Sister Arlene. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Glad to see you tonight. Glad to be back. I'm gonna give y'all about 30 more seconds. Alright, so I'm coming off mute. We're going to go ahead and close with prayer. Um, Blessings, Edward. I see you came in the room. Uh, I'm not sure if you came on from my website or because you had a question. So I'll give you about 20 more seconds. If you have a question, go ahead and type that in the chat. And then we are going to close with prayer. Now, mind you too, as i play this song like i said i wrote this song i recorded this song in like less than an hour (laughs) like wrote it and recorded it in less than an hour um, but this was my healing point, this song right here. And it's got some auto tune on it, cause I wasn't trying to be a singer singer. Uh, as a matter of fact, I said, <laughs> I want, I was like, I want T.I. or somebody to rap on this someday. And I just been holding on to it all these years. I don't know what God is gonna do with it. But anyway, um, I wanna play it for you. But everything that I mentioned in this song, cause I, I, I told you, like at the beginning, I understand how you feel. When you say it's hard to forgive, trust me, I've been through a lot. I don't look like what I've been through. The smile that's on my face is genuine because of Holy Spirit. And that's why I'm very protective like of my peace and who I allow in my circle. It's because God has brought me through too much for me to be frowning again. But everything that I mention in this song, I went through except for the aborted babies. So as you listen to the list of things that I call out, I had to, I had to forgive everybody that did those things to me. Um, wow, even a GED. I haven't even talked about that, but my goodness, my grandmother, my grandmother died when I was a senior in high school, and I had to move to another state to finish out my high school year. So I moved to Chicago. When I moved to Chicago, I finished my um, senior year. Only to find out that because I moved from one state to another, I had to be at that school a whole year before um, before I could get my high school diploma. Well, my relatives that took me in after my grandmother died, because my grandmother raised me. She was like a mother to me. But my relatives who took me in after my grandmother died, they were like, no, the deal was for you to come and stay with us and finish high school. They had a son. And they were getting ready to send him off to college. We were like the same age. So they was like, When he leaves, you gotta leave. So the only option was for me. I couldn't stay and finish high school. I had to get a GED. So I went to college I got a GED, went to college on a full scholarship with the GED, taught high school with the GED. But it's like I had to I was holding on to that for some years because I was actually upset with them that I did not get to get that high school diploma. My mother did not get a high school diploma. So I wanted to be that first one in my family that had at least a high school diploma. And that was like stolen by the adversary through family members. So everything that I mentioned in this song, I went through it. So I just wanted to put that out there. But you got to forgive. You got to let things go. You got to let offenses go and let God heal you. Because there is greatness on your life. So let's close with prayer. And then I'm going to play this song. And then once the song ends, we'll close the room. So Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for this lesson on tonight. I thank you, Father, for shining your light on areas. Um, For anyone who's listening to the live or the replay, shine your light in their hearts. Show them areas, Father, where they've been holding on to a fence where they've been holding on to unforgiveness. And then Holy Spirit, we know that we can only give these things over to our Father with your help. So I pray that as the Father shines the light on those situations and on those individuals, that you will help each person, Holy Spirit, to put those individuals on the altar and just release it. Release it all and let it go in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I bind every strong man of deception that would try to make them believe that it's okay to not forgive anybody, Father. And I send that spirit of deception, that strong man of deception back to the pits of hell from whence he came. And I loose a spirit of forgiveness upon each and every one of them, Father. No matter how great the offense was, let them forgive. And I thank you, Father, that as your Holy Spirit helps them to forgive, the Holy Spirit, you will also go in and minister to those wounds. Help them to pull back the Band-Aid. Help them to reveal to you, Father, where it hurts. Let them know, Father, that they can talk to you. They can trust you. They can trust you with the pain, Father, because you are the only one that can heal that pain. And I thank you, Father, for taking that pain and turning it into something glorious show them father how that pain was allowed not caused, but show them how that pain was allowed because it perfectly fits into what you have called them to do so not only heal the pain father not only heal the wounds but reveal to them the purpose reveal to them the purpose behind it father in the name of jesus and then help them to be like joseph and say father that though those individuals meant it for evil Let them know, Father, that you meant it for their good in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we give you all the glory. We give you all of the honor. And we give you all of the praise for the work that you did. For those who listen on the live as well as those who may listen to the replay. Even years from now, Father, let your anointing rest on this message. And let healing flow forth after the forgiveness flows forth. In Jesus' name, we call it done. Amen. So blessings again. This song is called Laugh to Keep from Crying by yours truly, Faiza Imani. Enjoy. Once it's done, we'll close the room. This song is for the people who like me have experienced a lot of hurt and pain in life. And it seems like every time you try and get up, you get knocked back down again. Yeah, I know how you feel, and not only do I know how you feel, God
2: knows how you feel, too, and this song is just for you. You smile, you smile will keep from crying, while deep inside you're dying, from all the hurt and pain, from all the guilt and shame. Don't want no one to know this You're authentic, you're perfect To you protect yourself from judgment You love to keep from crying, 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 crying You love to keep from crying, 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 crying It's time to put the bandages out. Deal with the hurt, deal with the pain, deal with the shame, deal with the struggle. Don't pretend it doesn't matter that your fragile heart got shattered. It's okay to cry, it's okay to cry, it's okay to cry. Gonna free your mind. Tears are a form of cleansing for your soul. But instead you smile. Now will keep from crying While deep inside you're dying From all the hurt and pain From all the guilt and shame Don't want more on tomorrow Your life is with your purpose To protect yourself from judgment You'll have to keep from crying well deep inside you're dying, from all the hurt and pain, from all the guilt and shame. Oh, like poverty, loneliness, single parent, shattered dreams, didn't finish high school, GED, can't find a job, no to eat, molestation, child abuse. Domestic violence, being abused, adultery, sickness and disease, depression, suicide, low self-esteem, rape, bad life, aborted babies, life filled with strife, rejection, abandonment, homelessness, can't pay the rent, but you smile, you smile will keep from crying, While deep inside your dying, from all the hurt and pain, from all the guilt and shame, God sent me to tell you that He wants to heal you, that He wants to free you. But he wants to cleanse you and make you whole again When you're truthful about the things that you've been through Your pain becomes useful and you'll set all the captives free So don't you smile, don't you smile and keep from crying While deep inside you're dying from all the hurt and pain when all change, don't forget to shame, don't care if someone knows Your life ain't fit to purpose, don't care about the judgment Don't you love to keep from crying, 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 crying Don't you love to keep from crying, 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 crying Sometimes to experience
0: great joy, you got to weep first. It's a new day. And it's a new you. All right. Blessings, y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed it. And I pray that song ministered to you. I'll see y'all Friday night for Friday Night Fire. And I'll see y'all back here Wednesday night next Wednesday for Non-Sunday School. Love you. Be blessed.